When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo! I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Yo! We talking about Twitter. Ripple Yo! Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quad We love Pittsburgh, PA. We love Steeler Nation. That's right. (laughs) It's what Jim's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation exclusively every Friday on Behind the Steel Curtain. Mm -hmm. We're here to break down all the horrible takes on Steelers' Twitter, all the (laughs) sycophants and narcissists and just straight-up haters and trolls. Uh, and then there's some some good fans too. I am Kyle Kreis. Here with me, Greg Benevent. Hello. Uh it's been uh, I don't know, man. This is like the reason that we that we live. I'm feeling like <laughs> wow. I'm feeling high this week okay. after you know on, on a three game winning streak. Yes. Um, I, sometimes I wish that the game day could come quicker, but mm. uh, but I don't want this feeling to go away, and, <laughs> and we're always just one loss away from you know being back on our uh, being back on the bum side of uh, yes. of things. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think all in all, you know, it's kind of like. Hmm. Uh, it's like it's like the victory tour, the Jackson's victory tour of the '80s. I don't know if okay. you, if I, you I, remember. I, I I do not, but I I have some vague recollection. It was the you know it was a team effort, the Jackson's okay. victory tour, uh-huh. but it was really just to put a spotlight on Michael, who had just dropped his new album, Thriller. Oh, okay, okay. So, this makes a lot of sense to me, right? So it's it's a bunch of rookies and hangers on and Thriller. Okay. Well, I don't know if you would call the rest of the Jackson Five's uh, rookies or oh, hangers okay. on. Well, that's true. They've been around for a minute yeah this is but in that same way let's let's get to the tweets because (laughs) it's ben's victory tour it certainly is uh we'll start with shannon sharp Mm. that ain't no rivalry ben roethlisberger only lost to y'all two times 
that ain't no rivalry. <laughs> Technically, three losses if you count if you count last year's playoffs. I may not have much memory of the Jackson's victory tour, but I do have memories of Shannon Sharp saying far, far more vicious things about the Steelers. So it's nice to see this come all the way back around to the point where I'm like, yeah, good point, Shannon Sharp. Even though it's it and technically in wins and losses it's not a rivalry, but this felt like a rivalry. Oh, this game. this absolutely felt like a rivalry game. It it it, it I, I mean it it. it it, I would say it even climax feeling like a rivalry game even before the end with the, you know, getting up and dancing, uh, uh, pumping, arms fisting pump thing of uh, Baker Mayfield after sliding into the bench. I mean, that was that to me where it felt all of a sudden that it was 1994 again. Oh, and, uh, oh, yeah, that that gets a uh, that, we'll start right off there with a mm-hmm. with a power boost. Let's get to <laughs> let's get to some of these Ben uh, stats here at Stats Guy Daniel. We've got the most game-winning drives in NFL history. Number mm. one, Peyton, 54. Wow. Number two, Drew Brees. Three, Tom Brady. Number four, Ben Roethlisberger. His 49th game-winning drive. And wow. the, the third of this season, which is also tied for the NFL lead. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, cynically, you could be like, oh, well, you know, they're only had to, he had to come back this many times. But uh, that's not the point. The fact is, 49 times is a staggering number. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It, you know, and we've talked about like what maybe there's a little bit of a liberal definition in terms of what constitutes a game winning drive. But boy, even though that was a drive early in the fourth quarter, earlier in the fourth quarter, that felt like a game winning drive. Yeah. And it's now it's uh, again. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily Ben's. Uh, most heroic fourth quarter. Hey, it doesn't have to be. Uh, is, was this a defensive? You know, we talked last week about mm-hmm. how how many game winning drives we should start crediting to TJ. Is this right. another kind of de- uh, defensive fourth quarter comeback? I, I would think so. I mean, how many? I mean, the, especially if you think of it and if you focus on the word comeback, where it looked like the defense was getting shredded on those last two drives, and then one, you get the big fumble, and then you get the stop. Both times the Browns are moving. What better, clearer definition? A comeback is there than to stop and respond to what the other team has done holding those balls in big moments <laughs> they, yeah you're right good point coach uh how about this stat from mm. at Steelers PR Mike which okay. is, sounds like my dream job maybe <laughs> with the win today Big Ben picked up his 160th victory of his career third wow. fastest QB in league history to get 160 wins Wow. I mean, again, it, it's just easy to think like, oh, this is why these games fray my nerves so much, <laughs> because more than one uh, fourth of all of Ben's wins, he's had to come back in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and for those wondering, the QBs with 160 win club, mm-hmm. there's there's only four. It's Brady, Favre, I'm sorry, five, Brady, Favre, Peyton, Breeze, and Ben. That's incredible. Is, would you say Ben is an all-time top five quarterback? Uh, it's always hard to say top five in these kinds of things because that goes all the way back to like the beginning of the NFL. And it's like, what would Johnny Unitas do in a world where like pass interference existed? But it's hard. I I, I don't know. I, I think you could make a pretty reasonable case that Ben's at least in the top 10. And you could probably say the top five. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't alive to see anyone in black and white play in uh, collar. How about, well, how, how about this? Let's look at QBs with 100 wins. Uh, mm. So that, you know, not quite 160 wins. So right. QBs with 100 wins. Let's look at their win percentages. Uh, only only four, only three QBs with a higher win percentage than Ben. Bradshaw, Peyton, 
in Montana. I mean, that is astonishing. I, I mean, I, I, I'm i fine with you can put Ben in the top five of all time. I think it's five to ten in that range, sure. I mean, it, the fact that we're, the debate is that, is he top five of all time or top ten of all time? Shows exactly <laughs> where this is. Okay, Seven's your guy. Year. Hey, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, let's look on to, let's, look, let's go to Bob at Bob Labriola. Hey. For the Steelers to pull off the upset in Cleveland, they needed their QB to play well, to lead, to be whatever they needed him to be, and Ben delivered. So, uh, you know, he he didn't he didn't. It wasn't a stats day for Ben. It uh, it wasn't a you know four hundred yard game. It wasn't a four touchdown game. Mm-hmm. But was this Ben's most complete game? I, I mean, it, it. We always have. It, it, there always comes to this argument when the Steelers win a game. Like, was this his most complete game? I, I I think I tend to think it actually kind of was, just because I think any little. It, it, for me, what judges a complete game is did you he didn't make any of the mistakes that could have led to losing this game. And even one mistake could have led to them losing this game. So I, I would take this as absolutely his most complete game. And just to finish a thought, it's so easy to say this now on Thursday, but I'm so glad you brought up this particular tweet where it starts with, for the Steelers to be able to pull off the upset today in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, and 48 hours later, with everyone talking about the, being down on the Browns and yelling at the Browns and all that, the, the whole idea of it being an upset kind of got lost. But it was. The Browns were favored. They were supposed to roll in a lot of places, depending on what you read in the pregame. Our our biggest uh, our biggest underdog, right? We were six and a half. Uh, we our biggest underdog uh, going into the game. Yes, uh, I don't. Was it was it that steep? No, it was, the, no, it was three. It was like and a, three, okay, three and a half. Okay, but three and a half. So that means it would have. That means the Browns would have been favored in Pittsburgh if you're going by the you get three points for being at home thing. And, uh, All right, so uh, you know, arguably best yeah. win of the season, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, not everyone was happy with Ben's. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go to at Tommy Jaggy, one of my favorites. <laughs> Chase Claypool and James Washington earned just three of Roethlisberger's sixteen targets in the first half. He needs to start leaning on these guys more. All right, is that is this a <laughs> is this a justifiable complaint? Is Ben usually gets the ball to eleven receivers in right. a game? Oh yeah, and it's it's and it's hard not to look at like you know had this game broken a different way. This is blank and blank earned just three of Roethlisberger's sixteen targets in the first half. He needs to start leaning on these guys more. He very much could have said that about Fryermouth had it gone a different way. He could have said it about Harris if it had gone a different way. I mean, it in a game where they win where they win by you know Ben playing as we've mentioned a complete game. It, 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 this is one of those that I feel like I can chalk up to. Hey, the other guys are on scholarship too. I imagine <laughs> if you're trying to figure out a way to stop the Steelers, you're still thinking, okay, we're not going to let Chase take us over the top. We're not going to let them get deep. Let's make the. I mean, how many times did you even hear? I think Romo said it during the game. The Browns' goal is make the Steelers have these long drives, make them execute lots of plays, and hope that Garrett forces a fumble or something. Uh, key one to that, other than blitz, is stop Chase Claypool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and they and they they pretty much did. If you yes. had said, "Hey, we sh- we you know we left Claypool to you know two receptions or something," it'd been like, yeah. "Oh, hey, we we right. did the, the Browns job. had a chance to win, which they did." Let's go to you know this might be the final word on Ben here. Let's go to at mm-hmm. Stefan R two thousand one. You know the way he looks there it makes me think this is the last time Ben will be playing in Cleveland. He does it with style. Congrats on the win. You know we did see. A, uh, we saw a different type of yeah. ener- Ben energy after the game where, you know, he doesn't really, he's not a gloater. He's not one to mm-hmm. relish in the victory. But this was, 
it, it looked special to him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I kept thinking of, you know, to me, the word came back is like pageant. Like this is a walk. Like this is this. I mean, it's very you're, when you're walking slowly and holding up your hands the, to the crowd, that, that has a very specific uh, connotation in our culture. That usually means farewell. Yeah. And so even though it hasn't been said officially, even though mm. everyone has said it, it, right. it, it, it looks at least that was the first instance where I saw kind of Ben admitting this is this is my uh you know, Ripken lap around yeah, the field. Here. I, 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 th- I think that's, I think that's very well taken. That's certainly how I took it. I can't bench the old war horse. Right. Man. And to think that there were some people <laughs> ready to bench the old war horse. Oh, they were ready to do it at the bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, you know, let's go on to uh, while we're talking to offense, mm-hmm. because, you know, it wasn't just Ben's victory tour. Certainly. It was also the, uh, <laughs> That's right. We can blame Canada mm-hmm. for the win. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all these Canada haters came out. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's let's get to the tweets. Here's uh, sure. here's at Big Rashad, who's become one of my faves on mm. Twitter. Okay. Matt Canada was on one today with the play calls. This man was showing out. Let's just keep uh, let's keep this train going. Mm-hmm. At Michael Beck fifty six right here in in house. How do y'all like Matt Canada's offense now? Because it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I got one more on here. Sure. Uh, at ER Costello, mm-hmm. I haven't said it yet this season, yeah, like a lot of you, but I'm loving, <laughs> loving Matt Canada's play calling today. Was 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 this the Canada we've been expecting to see all season? I think so. I, 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 that makes a lot of sense to me. Something I was struck by when you you and I were watching the game, and I don't know if I mentioned this, is that I remember being very surprised at the end of the game that Najee actually had less yards than I thought he did. And maybe that's just because I'm used to so many games now of the Steelers having so many carries that go for two yards, one yard, where it's like it looked up way more often than I could remember in recent memory. There he is getting 10 yards, 11 yards, 8 yards. I mean, I know they only had a few plays of over 20 yards, but man, how many runs did they have of more than six? And that to me shows just how uh, Canada's play calling as well as the rest of the offense has developed. And we saw, you know, I, I, I'm not paying attention to motion, but, you know, mm-hmm. we saw we saw motion, which is what everyone <laughs> swears is what Canada oh, does. Oh, yes. That's a and, trademark. You know, and, and we saw touchdowns, really, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know if that's on Ben or if that's on Canada, but uh, that's always, that's always makes a, an offensive coordinator look good. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's get to, let's get to some of the, the stats here because this is at Next Gen Stats, mm-hmm. the Browns pass rush against the Steelers, Miles mm-hmm. Garrett, eight pressures, the rest of the team, two pressures. So even if you if if it wasn't the offensive production, it was the offensive protection. Oh, absolutely. And I, I you know, when it hit me and when I saw these stats is that, you know, in a parallel dimension far darker where this podcast is what are you barking about or whatever it is <laughs> where we're dealing with Brown's uh, social media. It'd be very, you know, if, if someone told you that Miles Garrett only got eight pressures one on one with a fourth round draft pick, we would think that something was seriously wrong. We'd be like, well, they should check his hamstring. He's probably not all that well. He has some lingering injury that we don't know about. I mean, if you told us before the game, you're going to leave Dan Moore on Miles Garrett for the whole game. He'll have eight pressures, one sack, and no fumbles. We'd have laughed. I'd have laughed. Maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. I would have thought that was preposterous and impossible. Oh, yeah. You know, um, the now, they gave Miles Garrett defensive player of the week on right. PFF or whatever, you know, right. which I, I swear know. they just pick names out of a hat like, and this week it's Miles Garrett, ladies and gentlemen. Like, but, I, you know, you got to agree if you limit Miles Garrett to one sack, eight mm-hmm. pressures, hey, whatever, you know, I'm sure... Uh, 
a, the difference between a pressure and a not pressure is a fraction of a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a step this way. It's a foot that yeah. way. If Ben walks it, it takes a step in another direction. It's not a pressure. I mean, that's, you know, I, I mentioned those stats are pretty liberal and all over the place in terms of what does and does not constitute a pressure. <laughs> How about... Okay, well, let, let's and let's look at our rooks. We got at Missionary Mellow here. Mm. Najee and Fryermuth single-handedly won the Steelers game. Two rookies stepping up. How, how much of the win can you credit on our rookies? Mm. I, I, I think you can credit a lot of the win on the rookies, and I think that's specifically why you can't necessarily use the word single-handedly because, <laughs> you know, again, Dan Moore, uh, genuinely impressive. Uh, Kendrick Green, only one holding call, which, again, is, that, you know, in this training wheel, uh, beginning kind of thing and it's you know and a guy who's in the end zone and da 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 well he did hold him I mean it's I think all of the I think all of the rookies collectively have just been amazing and uh, could could you know I'm I'm the only one out there saying this so mm-hmm. could the Friarmouth touchdown offset the could it end the curse the Jesse James caught it curse I, I mean it you know, I, I'm actually less qualified to talk about curses than I am like who is and is not elite. But I think it's something that very, I, I think, I mean, if you're looking for something to get rid of a curse by a tight end, I think, yeah, having an incredibly highly drafted tight end with a lot of ability that's probably twice as good as Jesse Jones ever was, then, yeah, I think that could be the kind of thing that gets through uh, uh, um you know, a curse. It's certainly the best catch I've seen by a Steelers tight end in a long time. Yeah, yeah. That's that gets a yeah. Mm-hmm. At least since Jesse's dead. Right. At least. <laughs> um. Well, hey. Uh. Lost in some of the mm-hmm. in some of the uh in some of the celebration was mm-hmm. that Tomlin is also climbing the echelons here. We'll go to at. Men of Steel, CJR, congratulations to Mike Tomlin. Now in a tie with Bill Cower, second most wins as a Steelers coach, uh, highest winning percentage as a Steelers coach, 647. Uh, you know, this just, uh, you know, the stats speak for itself. Oh, but- yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Tomlin walks into the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any real doubt about this at this point. I mean, hopefully he keeps coaching for a very long time and continues at a higher, similar level. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, if you want to have who's the best coach in Steelers history, that that's a podcast and debate that goes on for like three weeks. We have nowhere near the time for that kind of thing with no sleep in those three weeks either. But and only so, three options. Right, exactly. Right, it's three <laughs> options. You got to bring in three people. It goes on. People have stats and, you know, uh, props and, you know, screens. But yeah, I, I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's a franchise that just keeps picking all the fame coaches it's ridiculous all right let's let's go deep on this Tomlin mm-hmm. stat this is from once again at Steelers PR Mike mm-hmm. with with a win this week in Chicago yeah. Tomlin would become the fourth fastest head coach to 150 career victories wow. now I'll just uh there's only four coaches with 150 mm-hmm. uh in 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 few time here we got Shula mm-hmm. took 204 games mm-hmm. uh George Hallis 223. Curly Lambeau, who got the stadium named after him, right. 228. And then it's going to be Mike Tomlin, 232 wins. Yeah, and it's and if I'm not mistaken about this, I think only one of them coached in an era of like color television. Yeah. So like that that just shows how far back this goes. As many great quarter as many great coaches there is there have been. I mean, and you can also be like, well, Tomlin came in with the Hall of Fame quarterback, and okay. Well, there's been a lot of coaches since then that had a lot of very good quarterbacks, and yet we're still left with these four names. Yeah, I don't see um a 
uh, some, you know, how about uh, over there in San Francisco? I don't see that name on here. Right. Uh, uh, that, right exactly. It, it, it's, yeah. Jo- it's, uh, Joe Walsh. Not Joe Walsh. Uh, uh, yeah, Bill, yeah, Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Well, there's, wasn't there like Forrest Gregg and all that is the other, I mean, there's all kinds of different things there. But yeah, it's, you know, and it depends on, oh, okay, that's how these things broke down and all that. Right. But the fact that you would have to reach for such counterfactuals to try and argue this down shows just how impressive it is. So the most successful uh, coach, what you know, in, in all of history, top four, but certainly in the free agency era. Oh yeah, certainly in the you know the uh, big media era. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, is is Tomlin right now? Can we say that we, you know we're putting him in in top four all time coach as far as well, winnings? Would you say he's an all time top five coach? I don't right know now? if he's an all time top five coach. I mean, but again, we're back to the same thing: a top five, top ten, fifteen. There's been a lot of Hall of Fame coaches. He's absolutely going to be the next one of them. I mean, there have been coaches with more wins, with higher, you know, winning percentages in certain eras and times and that kind of thing. But but what I think this speaks to what Tomlin hasn't had is a lull. He's never had those down years, those bad times, those there's no, you know, George Seifert with the Carolina Panthers. There's not that kind of thing. There's no Belichick with the Browns. Like it's there's not those weird kind of like, oh, OK, if the guy's really that great, well, what did he do uh, uh, when things were tight, when moments were lean? Yeah, exactly. Oh, geez, that gets you that, that wins you. a. Oh, wow. Oh, geez. There we go. Um, all right, we got to take a break soon, but I, but before we, uh, we got so much to talk about. Let's get to, <laughs> we got to talk about this, this Boswell. Oh, jeez. I, you know, I know that it's so behind, it's in the rearview mirror now, but let's get to just, just some of the, mm-hmm. some, cause, cause in the moment people were in their feelings, like <laughs> at Justin Wade, this game is on Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin only <laughs> talking about Boswell getting knocked out. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was certainly freaked out and wondered if I was at a real turning point in Steeler history when Boswell got hurt the same way I did when I was at that uh, the Ravens game on Christmas Day when the Ravens took a lead with a couple minutes to go. I thought, am I seeing the end of the Roethlisberger era? Am I seeing the moment where these things all, when this all fades away? Is this another pivot point? And each time, you know, not living in my fears and not having my fears come to life has held true that it wasn't. I mean, I hopefully we're. I mean, this we very well could be talking about this next week. Should the kicking be an issue with some new guy, this Lambo dude against uh, 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 the Bears? Hopefully that doesn't occur. But yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, I I I, I love the ethos and the idea of not living in your fears. That's good advice for if you're a football coach or if you're just living your day to day life. But you can't use it as an excuse to be too crazy out there. Okay, so was that was that a little uh, was that borderline too crazy? I I I I think so. I mean, I, it's it's just. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw it today. We're talking about someone asked the Browns special teams coach about it today, and he said one of our guys sniffed it out immediately, and I don't know why they stuck with the call. And it's oh. now I also don't know how often the Browns special teams coach gets to talk to the media, so it might be like, <laughs> okay, I'm a star. It's time to throw out the big line. But having seen the play, the guy kind of had a point. They did kind of sniff it out. I mean, as Charlie Batch mentioned on Twitter later, said, okay, here's the screenshots of what Boswell's looking at. You point out who he was supposed to throw to. Yeah. And it, you know, and I've seen some football, and man, there's no, Ben couldn't have gotten the ball in any of those windows. It's, I hate it's, it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I and, but I, but to me, what what saves it so much was that Tomlin didn't, you know, sit there and be petulant. He wasn't mad. He didn't pass the blame. He said, "No, I screwed up. I messed up. This was a bad idea." And I think, and that's the kind of thing you can respect again that you can take with you in your regular life. I'll give Boswell credit for this. You know, it was a fourth down moment. You, mm-hmm. th- everyone says the smart play might have been to throw it away right away. Oh, no. but on a fourth down in a, in a tie game, mm-hmm. and he's and he stuck in. I mean, not <laughs> he didn't stay in the pocket necessarily, right. but you know, he he held. There and he, he knew the, that guy was coming. Yeah, yeah, and did his best. I, you know, that's a. I'll call that an athletic play as anything. It was uh, just for you know sticking in there when he could have. If he would have thrown that away, the fans would have been crying. Oh man, they'd have been mad. I mean, I, I don't know if they'd have been as mad since you know they'd have kicked the extra points with later scores. And it. But again, there is something to be said since again you can't see parallel dimensions. Maybe the Steelers aren't quite as aggressive in their play calling in the second half, so maybe it does go differently. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I think I, I think regardless, that's the kind of thing that someone's always going to be mad for something. Yeah, well, oh, believe me, we'll get into that in the second <laughs> half because even in a win, people are mad about something. Oh yes, uh, we got to get to we got to get to some commercials. Uh, but we got we got to talk about the defense. We got to talk about Melvin Ingram. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, but let, let's pay some bills. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was listening to Stat Geek and the ad. This week was for brain pills. Oh, geez. so you know if you're oh, if, if you're listening to this, I need some brain pills. If you're if you're if we're advertising the brain pills on this pod, I want some of those uh, because you know I want to know what all these Steeler fans are seeing that I'm not seeing. Let me get some of these brain pills. All Please right, send Kyle your brain pills and not me. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get to the ads here. We'll be back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back. What Jin's talking about exclusively on behind the steel curtain? Uh, you know, we 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 got to talk about defense. Let's get let's get to the defense. Uh, the tweets at Complex Sports. Okay, Odo Beckham Jr. One catch, six yards. The fewest catches and yards he's ever had in a full game in his career. Wow, it's been a long time since he rode around in that sports car with AB in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, and and you know, you, we're used to the we're used to Cleveland firing a coach or maybe right. firing a QB after a Steelers loss, <laughs> but now we, you know, now we, we got Beckham too, right? I mean, <laughs> well, uh, you know, what is with the, these these Steeler wins causing meltdowns over Cleveland? I, I I don't get it. I mean, it's it's I'm assuming, and and I you know I don't know much about Odell Beckham Jr. and I'm I'm more than content to keep it that way, but I, I kind of have to wonder. I assume this is somebody whose just skills are have declined, perhaps a little faster than maybe we all anticipated. I mean, yeah. Jarvis Landry, despite, you know, the drops, is still a very good receiver. There's a lot of options on that Cleveland offense, and I can certainly see going to the other guys that maybe complain quite a bit less than Odell, uh, <laughs> if I'm Baker Mayfield. Uh, let's, uh, well, here, you know, here's the here's the stat line from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
at Kevin Adams 26. Okay. Kind kind of a it felt pedestrian by TJ Watt standards. <laughs> Six tackles, 1.5 sacks, and the crucial fumble recovery. Might not win defensive player of the year, but always in the conversation. Uh you know, it's like if if Watt doesn't have the game winner, it feels like he's not uh you know, participating. Absolutely. I I, I think that again it just shows the level of greatness he's at that if he doesn't have this huge highlight real play that you're going to see in montages for the next five years, then you tend to think uh, he didn't play a good game. No, he played a great game where he was deeply instrumental to the outcome. And uh, it's just you barely noticed, except you didn't notice him that much. And I I wonder if in some way it's that way for the other team, too. Like in a weird way that a player this great almost sneaks up on them through this kind of thing. (laughs) He seems to be because they're putting two and three players. Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Let's uh, just just a reminder on the stats here. This is from Alex Kazora. Mm -hmm. Most stats in Steelers history through seven seasons. Wow. TJ Watt, 58. Mm. Lamar Woodley, 57. Joey Porter, Dwight White, Joe Green. Wow. That, now that's through seven seasons. Reminder, TJ Watt is only in his fifth season. <laughs> and again, it's so much of Porter early in his career, particularly he was just a pass rusher. I mean, they would put him out there in pass rushing situations. Lamar Woodley, again, seeing him in all these things makes me feel sad because you forget just mm-hmm. how explosive and how great he was at the beginning. But he also had Harrison there on the other side for so much of that and Porter. It, um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you never want to say something as deeply insane as like, ah, this is, you know, the best pass rusher in Steelers history so you have to couch it in factual statements like this is the best start to a career for a pass rusher in Steelers, Steelers history. history and mm-hmm. you know and TJ now on pace for more sacks than Bruce Smith wow. at this point in his career wow I mean sure he's he's got to do it he's got to do it for 10 more years right exactly and, and and you know and it's but again and, and you know and obviously hey that Bills defense was very good and I don't know a whole, whole lot about it and there had to have been other great players on that defense too but man I'm sure if you were putting together an offensive plan in like 1993 in the AFC against the Bills the idea was do everything you can to stop Bruce Smith and deal with the rest of it later so that uh, uh, that really shows the kind of company that TJ is keeping you know but it's not just TJ out there mm-hmm. how about at Miked Up Sports 1 Cam Hayward Defensive Player of the Year. Mm. I mean, is he in the conversation? I mean, it's it's. I feel like this again. You know, Pittsburgh fan across many things. This is always one of those arguments against like Sitter Gino being the league MVP is that the other guy is also there. So I think that always makes it kind of a tough argument to be like, well, okay, of course, Kim Hayward should be player of the year. He has T.J. Watt over there to help him. But uh, I mean, it's you know, he's he's just. I mean, it's he's essentially a one man defensive line. I mean that he's the entire defensive line himself in many plays. It's it's I, I I I can it feels like one of those arguments that would be hard to make in front of like you know voters that are still giving Aaron Donald, who's also great, <laughs> a bunch of votes. But it's certainly not implausible. Would it be a tragedy if TJ was snubbed from Defensive Player of the Year because he split votes with Cam? I, I mean, that, and that also sounds like the kind of thing again where we can give like Aaron Donald his ninth Defensive Player of the Year, or whatever we're up to at this point. And I love Aaron Donald. I mean, that's not a knock on the Pittsburgh kid. But well, still. Uh, just a reminder from at PFF here, mm-hmm. highest grader defender of the season so far, mm-hmm. one of o- only two players with an 83 grade in both pass rush and run D, and uh, that's Cam Hayward. 
I mean, that is amazing. But again, we just did say 20 minutes ago about your defensive player of the week, Miles Garrett. So yeah. again, PFF is PFF's a tough sell, man. It's, it's oh, yeah. Around. Oh, I love I love PFF when my stocking is stopped. Right. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, exactly. When PFF decides to pick your toy out of the claw game at the uh, uh, Pizza Hut. Yes. You know, but not everyone is excited about the defense. Let's, okay. let's go on to... Uh, at Brandon Klein 24, mm-hmm. Devin Bush might be the worst 10th pick overall ever. Oh, okay. You know, he, he certainly didn't have uh, a game in the highlight reel, but, you know, when you look at how the team stopped the run, you've got to imagine that Bush was part of that. Well, yes, and I think it's also, th- this This is the flip side of what we just said a minute ago about T.J. Watt, about him not having the big highlight that you're going to see for five years. What happened with Devin Bush was he had the opposite. He had the dark highlight when that, you know, this undrafted, the earnest whatever guy made him look very bad running in on that that touchdown. It, um, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about Devin Bush not being a, a take-over-the-game kind of star but what what I do feel optimistic about and what I think positive about and living in my positivity versus living in my negativity is if as we're told so much by so many Steelers players hey he's still dealing with that knee he's coming back he's going to be better and better great for him to rehab for lack of a better word while the team is winning yeah, so that by yeah. so that at some point, hopefully later on this season, what better addition could this team have other than Stefan to it is for Devin Bush to be the Devin Bush of the Browns game at home last year in the regular season. We can't verify that that's true, but it certainly sounds. <laughs> right. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Uh, let, well, let, let's you know, let's compare Devin Bush to other 10th overall picks. OK, uh, I know it's still an incomplete maybe for him mm-hmm. so far. But what about someone like. Uh, Devonta Smith mm. or uh, Josh Rosen mm. was a te- uh, Mahomes tenth overall. Oh. I'm not going to compare him to Mahomes or, I, I, I or Rosen. Yeah, uh, Eli Apple. Uh, I mean, it's Eli Apple's a guy that's always ended up having a career landing somewhere. But again, not that game-changing kind of talent. The fact that I don't recognize all these names, except for Rosen, as the one player that like, oh, our team needs a third-string quarterback. We should definitely get that guy just because he was the 10th uh, overall pick. I mean, it's, it's it's yeah, it again, it, that is the level where you are expected to be a star star. And unfortunately, that hasn't been that way since the Browns, since he got injured last year. So it's hopefully, you know he rises again like the phoenix here sooner versus later this is probably the standard that steeler fans are putting them on 10th <laughs> 10th overall picks like tyson alu like terrell suggs <laughs> uh jerome bettis rod right. woodson i mean right. if, if he can if he can be in that conversation we're looking at uh we're looking at a, a big a big win right certainly and tyson alu who of course was considered a major bust in jacksonville when the Steelers picked him up later on. Yeah. I mean, that, that you know, he was seen, the Steelers got him on the cheap because Jacksonville barely wanted him anymore. All right, let's, uh, well, let's go on to, you know, let's talk sec- secondary okay. uh, at Melvin D02. Mm-hmm. Minka has to stop dropping his head and closing his eyes, trying to make tackles. That's how he constantly whiffs. Uh, you know, again, wasn't uh, wasn't a splash play type of game for Minka. He did get the fourth down break up or drop. Mm-hmm. You know that that was a that was a heads up game. But uh, you know, where's Minka on the pass fail right now? Well, for one, I, I think for some we've complained. You know, so many so many Steelers fans. You've seen so many texts about like, ah, oh, Minka doesn't have the big play, doesn't have the interceptions, despite some bad luck and him being in good position, all that. But I look at that that fourth down break up. That's as big as any any interception. That was a very good play. Uh, also, we watched the. 
games, you and I, on a very big screen in HD. I do not, I am unable to tell who is or is not closing their eyes, even on that <laughs> screen, uh, whether he's doing it or not. I, I, I can't speak to any of that. That is, I feel someone is either has way too good a television or just has their face pressed up against it uh, for much of the uh, other team's offensive drive. Can it be, it must be human nature to close your eyes. Can you imagine running in there, uh, trying to stop a running back and not, like, if you're keeping your eyes open? That must take more concentration to stare the guy down. Right, right. And I also imagine you've been doing this since you were like four or five years old. It's not like you're closing your eyes like five steps away. Like I'm five <laughs> feet from the dude. I'm going to close my eyes here and then run in there. Like it... Um, but yeah, somebody's really paying attention in that uh, film room. At, uh, <laughs> well, hey, the, you know the, all, the fans on the All Twenty Two. Uh, you know that that's where the real work is done. <laughs> Steeler Nation. Um, hey, let's 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 talk Melvin Ingram at mm. uh, a. Jeez, I don't know how to say Edie's last name. Uh, um, well, yeah, I've heard it so many times that I feel bad because I say it so fast. Well, she tweets, you know, Melvin Ingram didn't want to be here. He didn't want to be part of the team. He thinks he's better than Alex uh, Highsmith. Um, it, you know, it, what's what do you think? Is that the narrative that happened? It, it seems it seems that might be accurate. That, that seems to be what occurred. It um it it, it, it is so ironic to me about you know it's that that this that this reads so much like one of the people on Twitter with a bad take. God, I could be better than Alex Highsmith, but no, it's actually <laughs> one of the players on the team. Like here, it's coming around to that. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it, I mean, it it'd be hard. I, I I love the line from Keith Butler where he said like I think we all think we're better than we are. And it, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, you know, and I certainly could uh, aspire to more of that in my own life. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I can see the thing that makes the most sense to me beyond the idea of thinking you're better than Alex Highsmith. Da, 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 is Melvin Ingram was here mainly to, I mean, okay, win, but he also wanted to present very well so he could get a better contract next year. He was That's coming off with some me. injuries with L.A. Right, so it's so you come into Pittsburgh, hey, maybe you get seven or eight sacks as you help the Steelers, and then next year you sign one of those three-year deals with the Colts or somebody, and maybe get seven or eight million you wouldn't have otherwise. And that's not going to happen, uh, 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 you know, backing up uh, Alex Highsmith or coming in on those uh, three linebackers blitz packages. So, so you know, it was inevitable that he was leaving, and we got the we got the sixth round for him. But man, mm-hmm. that 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 call, here's uh, at. M. Hansel 19. Mm -hmm. The Steelers really just trade Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs for what amounts to a throwaway draft pick, tickets to Schlitterbahn Water Park, and some barbecue. I mean, was this the worst trade ever? I I, I imagine this was the best the Steelers were going to get. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about how Colbert trades picks, particularly thinking back to um, um, A.B. and going to the Raiders, was that, you know, he he really does hold out for who was given the best draft pick. And I imagine the sixth was the best on the table. I mean, you really think, you know, uh, I don't know, the Cardinals were offering a fifth and he turned it down? I mean, like, no, this was the best pick that was out there. And yeah, there's some weird about well what if he you know comes back and beats us in the game and keeps us out of the playoffs we go to airhead well okay i mean it's if that's what it came down for the steelers season perhaps the playoffs weren't going to be all that great anyway so we need volunteers not hostages (laughs) i mean if he comes back and sacks ben uh you know in december i I don't know i guess you know yeah maybe we should have kept him i you know i don't know the the fact that uh, it seems like the best thing for the locker room 
is, mm-hmm. you know, to keep the guys who are in on the system. And also, I think that by virtue of us just saying out loud, well, what if he sex Ben? What if he keeps out of the playoffs? That is the very definition of a living in your fears. Yeah. Worrying about some future catastrophizing thing that is unlikely, that's un- that could happen, but is still unlikely to happen. We do not care. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, one last thing on this, just from at Jason Shetler, because, mm-hmm. you know, Ava, hey, Avery Williamson was just released by the Titans. You know, mm-hmm. a year ago, he was the sought-after inside linebacker. So could Melvin Ingram be just the next Avery Williamson? I mean, sure. I think, you know, I, I think Ingram at his height, at his absolute peak, was a much, much better player than Williamson was. But, uh, but yeah, if, you know, a, a year from now, if if Ingram could very easily find himself in the same position, the Chiefs draft, keep sign him to a one-year deal, the Chiefs draft big on defense, get as many defensive guys as they can maybe they get a couple studs that really get after the quarterback and ingram's the mentor guy there and he finds himself in the exact same position that seems just as much if not more likely than ingram with the big strip sack with one minute to go in arrowhead in december that's a joke to me (laughs) yeah uh what about my theory I'm, i'm putting this out there do you think that ingram didn't see a future with the team this year he said you know because if it was if steelers were going to be a winner and a super bowl contender wouldn't you want to be part of that process or would you rather be a starter on a team like Kansas City who may be, you know, maybe 500? Then just I mean we may well, be 500. Well, I, I don't think I don't I, I, the way I took this was not not necessarily Ingram trying to win a ring. I took it as Ingram trying to win a better contract next year. And you're not going to get that backing up the Steelers even if the Steelers go on some miracle one run and win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's you're not going to get that huge huge contract unless what? Someone gets hurt and you tear through to playoffs like Lamar Woodley did when they won in 43. I mean, it's so I think I think him start him not I think starting gives him the best chance to get that big contract next year. So there's no glory here. This is just about the money. Well, I think I think there's a lot of glory in sacking a dude and getting a lot of money. I think I think there's a pretty fair amount of glory in that, but not not necessarily the glory of getting your fingerprints on the trophy. Okay, all right. Let's let's move on to let's let's get to, let's go to the lightning round. We've okay. got uh, we've got a like we're we're going so long. We got a lot to get to uh, we, because we got to keep track of who our next QB is going to be at okay. at PFF. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're putting it out there the QB landing spots in the 2022 NFL draft, and they gave the Steelers Kenny Pickett. I mean. I, I, That'd be fine, depending on where the Steelers pick. I mean, I hope the bottom of the, I, I, you know, I hope the bottom of the t- Steelers season doesn't fall out, so they can get like picking like you know sixth overall or something. I don't know. I mean, it's it's as long as the University of Pittsburgh keeps losing to teams that it's better than, then I think there's a better chance about that. I mean, from what little I followed of the game on Saturday, it sounded like Pickett was again the best thing Pitt had going for it. So it, uh, so yeah, I just think if, if you're writing an article, isn't it so easy to go, oh Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay, I'm articles done. I'm sending that in. I'm. I'm. It, it's Miller time. Yeah. Would, would you go with him at at, at a 25? Yes, twenty fifth overall. I'd go with him at like fifteen to seventeen. Okay, it, uh, okay. Just because it, you know, I, oh, I was big on the real Pittsburgh kid, Jerkovich from Pine Ridgeland High School, but it, <laughs> but then he hurt his leg or whatever. So. What about the real Pittsburgh kid, Flacco? <laughs> And of course, the, the I guess well, he the went real... home. Dave, so that's that's yeah. He went back to Jersey. Went to the Eagles and his hometown team, and they traded him. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> how about let's move on to at the Mitchell Ross. I think it's time for Banner to replace Chooks. 
What, uh, what, 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 why aren't we seeing Banner yet? Uh, I, I don't know because I, I don't know the real situation with Banner's injuries, but I, I, I keep wondering about this exact same thing, and it feels like, like almost the old press your luck game where you try to hit it down and like no whammies. Like you're trying to put Banner in at the right time, but not until, but not after something's messed up. Like trying to put him in before catastrophe happens. So that's I, a good point. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know when that happens. Like you don't want to have him come in like, oh, after Chooks gets hurt or after they lose to a team that they shouldn't because they gave up four sacks to some guy. Like, so I don't know when Banner comes in. Are you? Uh, I mean, we're on a three-game winning streak. Are, has anyone lost their job? Their starting job? Any, anyone out there performed bad enough to lose their job? I mean, not not yet. But that's also with qualifications like if it, it like for example again we've just lauded dan moore jr for giving up eight pressures to miles garrett i feel like in a different scenario if someone gave up eight pressures you'd be like er, should he start but this was very different circumstances than you would think of normally well let's let's go to uh speaking of dan moore at pittsburgh steelers now pff gave dan moore jr a 0.0 pass blocking grade <laughs> Zero. I thought. Don't you even get points just for spelling your name right I, I, on the form? I, yeah, I thought you got points if like you laced up your shoes. Like I thought it was one of those things. Like it didn't start at zero. It's um again. If there's one recurring theme for today's podcast, it's that we're not sure about PFF's grading methodology. <laughs> I mean, but um, that but, was, yeah. But that wasn't a you know that wasn't a zero point zero. Would you take no. that kind of performance from Dan Moore? No, I would have put zero point zero if there instead of eight pressures, Miles Garrett had eight sacks. Yeah. Then or, I would think zero point zero. But again. I, I feel like it. I'm never sure how these people watch these games. Like it's football in a vacuum. Like it's. It, I know it's easy to say like, ah, they watch the. It's like a video game. But no, seriously, these people seem to watch it like it's a video game. I mean, you know, it's a zero point zero. If afterwards we got Ben talking like this, everything hurts. That's you know that's. <laughs> I don't. I think it's zero point zero. I'm not sure Ben's able to talk. Let's uh, all right, let's let's move on. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to at Mark Madden X. Okay. The Steelers don't need Eric Ebron. Cut him. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's again. I'm still. I, I'm not exactly sure where this point is. Where it's like, oh, this team is doing so well, we can just throw resources we're not using right now away. I mean, Ebron is still a pretty good catcher. I, I mean, it, it's you know, you you don't want him blocking for uh, anything. So I mean, it, I mean, try him out as a wide receiver every now and then. I mean, you don't want to take snaps <laughs> from anybody, but geez, the you know, it, it's we just went through an entire segment about people wringing their hands about trading away a linebacker that was doing 12 snaps a game. And now we're like, ah, oh, cut Eric Ebron. Well, I mean, if you hey, let's let's look at PFF one more time here. Okay. Because the highest graded Steelers in week eight, Zach Gentry, number hey. one with it with an 85 is, is, is Zach. What, what, what are we seeing from Zach Gentry? Because we're not going to see 20 yard receptions from him every week. No, especially not when he's that wide open like that. <laughs> what's the phrase they use? College open. Like I love the one shot where in the HD wide shot, you literally can't see like a Browns jersey. You can see like a foot and a leg. It um, I, I, I'm impressed. I, Zach Gentry. Everyone, you know, that pick was criticized a lot at the time. He was a quarterback. And yet here's a guy who's literally a self-made guy. He's worked his way up. He's built his body. He's became something. I mean, what we're seeing from Zach Gentry is... I don't know. I mean, I kept th- I keep thinking of so many late round Steelers tight ends that never worked out. Matt Kranchak. I mean, this is I think you're seeing Jesse James Light yeah. from Zach Gentry. At the, but he does look like a big dude out there, doesn't he? I mean, he looks like he should be able to block. And in, in if we keep seeing, you know, the running performance like we do, mm-hmm. uh, 
Do, do we do we need? Uh, I don't know. He's got something special. I don't know. It's uh, the Gabagool. He's, he's got something. <laughs> there's just something about him. He's a big guy. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to. Oh, how about at Missy Matthews? Okay. The Steelers are six and one in their color rush uniforms. Are you? Uh, what? How do you feel about you know the Monday night records or the primetime records or the color rush records? I, I I do think I think the I think more so than me. I think the players get something out of the color rush uniforms. I think they are kind of hyped. The wear them i do think it's nice that we put who we specifically now seem to use the color rush jerseys as like here's a game the steers might be down for like it's not necessarily you know we're doing of the biggest rival for the patriots a few years ago but like here's a bears game they might overlook here put on the jerseys i mean i and when they were first announced i i personally wasn't that high on them but they do look good in them they look better than i thought uh, i've been impressed with the color rush jerseys and just as we as you and i were talking about before this the one loss in the color rush jerseys wasn't with ben no no, no, it was Duck who threw four ducks that week. So uh, we got to keep, yeah, Ben's got to be undefeated in the color rushes. I don't know why that's important to me, but... Uh. <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to lose. We, we got to get Tomlin his first win in Chicago. Right, right. We can't lose to a rookie quarterback. It's just there's so many weird stats at play this week that we uh, and and mm-hmm. not, none more important than the, the color rush. I'm surprised <laughs> we've only had seven games in the color. I feel like they've been around for almost. Well, a I decade. think they try to use them sparingly to make this more special. And also, didn't they kind of get split now with the the other special jerseys, the old block numbers? So it's not like the color rush is just the one special jersey anymore. I think they split time with the block. Numbers. All right, we're saving the blocks for Ravens Week or something. I guess I maybe. don't know. At, uh, okay, mm-hmm. uh, one quick more thing uh, in the lightning round here. Uh, uh, let's talk off the field at B Prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster met a little boy and his grandpa at UPS today. Wound up giving the kid a PS Five. Wow. He had at home. Did you? Did you happen to watch that go down at all? Uh, I did not, but that sounds lovely. I mean, that sounds really great. Juju just ended up talking to this the, this guy in line, and mm-hmm. and the kid was talking about what system he plays on, and he said, hmm. you know, his grandpa's working on getting him uh, a PS Five, and he and he just said, hey, follow me home, and <laughs> and the the grandpa and the kid literally followed him in his car Aww. to his house or his apartment right where he gave him the ps5 you know wow uh i just you know just want to reminder that uh yeah these guys are high character players and mm-hmm. every time you're like eh, you know juju's out there dancing corvette or he's on the milk crate yeah give me a break he's out there still <laughs> playing like a champion off the field <laughs> let's ah uh, gosh we're all right let's get to the final word <laughs> Uh, let's just do one one thing for the final word today. Okay, uh, you know because this was this went viral. It, mm-hmm. it was the uh, epitome of Yinzer oh account. This uh, was I, uh, I think I saw you a saw this. This I was, think I saw a second of this. Uh, this was you know this was in the, during the game clinching drive mm-hmm. of the game, and uh, we had we had this this fan. He did it. He did a slam touchdown. Go! You better pick him up and put him down. Why did he pick him up with a bat? What? I don't know what that means. Yeah, he's a receiver. What? That's a touchdown. What? See, that's what you do with the slant all the time. It's always there. The slant, it's always there. The slant is always there. No, this, this was, I mean, I just, I was laughing just listening to this, especially, we, oh, yeah. we cleaned it up a little from the, we took the curse words out, which even, even makes it funnier. Mm-hmm. But man, when this happened, this just, this just hit, hit a raw nerve for me because these are the Steeler fans that, this is kind of the reason why I wanted to do this show because mm. there are Steeler fans out there. That was a game clinching drive. <laughs> and that guy was still mad. I mean, he was complaining that DJ didn't get in the end zone. <laughs> 
<laughs> on a game clinching drive and it's these fans that find any reason to complain even in a mm-hmm. win mm-hmm. I saw fans complaining after the game that Ben was gloating after the win <laughs> and you know Coach Noel would have never had his players oh you know God. gloating after a win so even in a AFC North division battle there's still fans out there you know you know moaning and, and complaining it's like it's it's I, I always say the person you are on Twitter and on social media may be the person you are in real life. That's absolutely true. So if you find yourself complaining about a, a one of our signature wins, okay, mm-hmm. maybe not uh, in the, in the big scheme, but in this season, that's going to be one of our best wins. And just you know, just for a moment, just you know, have, I don't know, have some joy. Is that is that. Uh, is that a, is that a weird way to frame it? You can frame it, frame it no. however the hell you want to frame it. Oh, sorry, Coach. That's... <laughs> no, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it's like the only thing I could have ever seen possibly criticizing that play for is if Deontay didn't get out, had gone out of bounds, which he absolutely did not, which I'm sure contributed him to not running as fast as this as this guy would have liked. I mean, that's you will probably never see a game that has as much an oh we just won moment than that. I mean, yeah. the odds of that happening are pretty low unless like a last second kick or something like that. And this guy's still complaining. And I was so struck by what you had just said. Imagine if there was Twitter in the 70s when the the Steelers lost those AFC championship games to the Raiders when all the running backs were oh, hurt. Yeah. You would have heard, cut Franco, get rid of Noel, you know, get rid of this whole defense, start it all over again, start Dungy, get Terry out of there, you know. So, you know, just uh, as we, uh, you know, before we go, just just try to, you know, think about the person you are on social media. Think about the kind of fan you are. If mm-hmm. you like being a troll, then, you know, what does that say about you? Uh, do you like bringing joy to other fans? What You know, what does that say about you uh all right we, we've gone super long i'm kyle christ you can find me on twitter at kyle christ greg where uh, where can we find you, you on can social find media me at tw- on, on twitter and on instagram at greg benevent g-r-e-g b as in boy e-n-e v as in victor e-n-t and you know it, it it's really what matters uh is that we got the win right ben you can keep my tombstone or whatever i'll take the w that's right <laughs> take the win leave the cannoli and just change. 